Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. On this episode of TV Gold, we've got a feminist noir comedy set in Tasmania, a sort of a drama about a very prolific adult film star and the story of Britain's biggest manhunt. Yeah. It's a mixed bag this week, Andrew Mercado. Hi, James. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just a reminder, too, for people, this is our second episode this week because we did a bonus episode on Monday. We watched, we don't often watch TV together, do we? But we No, we're never in the same city. (laughs) We got together to watch the um, series final of Succession, and we've put up a podcast with our thoughts after that. So if you didn't pop up in your feed, go out and check out that one. And also make sure you subscribe so you get alerts to all the episodes we put up because we've got it. And there's a great competition on that Succession one too, isn't there, for uh, these incredible Jesse Armstrong, the creator of the show, has released the first three season scripts. He has. He has. Wow. Quickly, what we wanted you to do is shoot us an email and tell us your favourite Logan sibling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who do you like the most or the least and why? Um, shoot it to comments at tvgold.au. That reminds me, I've got a listener um, email later in the program. We'll also get to show of the week and we'll tease what we'll be talking about next week. Mate, let's start with deadlocks. It's sort of the, it's a, it's a big program. It's going to be released, I think, the day after we record this. Amazon Prime video in Australian production and filming in Tasmania. I mean, geez, haven't we seen a lot of shows out of Tasmania over the last decade? So fantastic that they're getting a look in. This is really interesting because this is a murder mystery comedy, which you don't see a lot of, and it's created by the two Kates. Kate McCartney and Kate McLennan, who, of course, did that incredible TV series on the ABC, Get Kraken, where they played the morning TV show hosts. This time they're behind the scenes. They hand it all over. It's a small town in Tasmania and a dead body's found on the beach. And that's when things start getting interesting. It does. Look, um, a lot happens near the start, and it, it jumped around a bit too much for me early on, but about halfway through that first episode, I started to click into it and started to enjoy it a, a whole lot more. I think there was, for me, there was too many quirky characters yeah. who were cropping up all over the place at the start. Yeah. I was hoping, gee, I hope this has got a lot more to offer than just sort of oddball characters because I didn't think that was enough to carry it. But the the mystery starts to unfold. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of TV. There's going to be eight one-hour episodes. Yeah. And there's a lot of plot, sometimes reasonably intricate to follow as the sort of characters all crop up. But there's, look, there's a lot to like about this. The dialogue's pretty snappy. It's pretty funny. And they're almost having a folk, um, fun with being too woke at times, I felt. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know whether you noticed, but one of the themes of this is that this small Tasmanian town has, just like in real life, 
been overtaken by lesbians. <laughs> and it's quite funny because some of the men in the town have a bit of an issue about this and it clearly causing some concern. Sorry, my dog's barking at something there in the background. But, of course, you've got this, uh, this relationship between Kate Box, who plays the local policeman, Dulcie, and she's in a relationship with the local vet, uh, played by Alicia Gardner, who we saw in the clearing just uh, last week. Uh, she was one of the disciples of Miranda Otto. So good to see Alicia Gardner, who played one of the nurses in Offspring, um, getting some work there. And so we've against this backdrop of a town with a whole bunch of lesbians, there's this body that rocks up on the beach. And you're right, James, there is a bit of a quirky overload in this show. And to me, it tips over just a little bit too much into unbelievability when this uh, police detective is sent in from the Northern Territory to assist on the case. I was sort of going, why is there a detective being sent from the Northern Territory to Tasmania? First of all, that doesn't make sense. You'd send someone from Victoria, wouldn't you? It's the closest place. And then this detective is, you know, so slovenly and so undetective-like as played by Kiwi actress Madeline Sammy. I just had a real problem believing that she was actually a, a, a real character in this show. It just didn't ring true to me. Um, so I'm hoping they pull it back a bit. And I've watched the first two episodes. And by the end of the second episode, you are start, starting to get a bit of an insight into her character. And you can see that there's a little bit more to her than just, you know, scratching her, her groin and being as rough as guts as they describe her in this show. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you there. I didn't really like her character at all. No. When she showed up. I thought it was way too over the top. Yeah. It was very disruptive, didn't make any sense. But I've got to say, her dialogue has gradually won me over. Yeah. She, she's got a very sharp mouth. She just, you know, she's rude to everybody, very sarcastic. And and I, I got to enjoy that eventually, you know. It was... um. No, no, I was getting ready for a sort of witty one-liners. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 interesting because she's played by Madeline Sammy, who was unrecognisable to me in this show because Madeline Sammy was in a hilarious uh, New Zealand film I screened at my cinema called The Breaker Upperers, which was okay. very funny. And she was one of the two girls that um, created this um, reverse dating agency where couples actually wanted, one of them wanted to break up with their partners. And you occasionally see this film on SBS. In fact, it might even be there to watch now. She is unrecognizable in Deadlock. Um, but, but now that I know it's played by that actress, I'm going, okay, let's stick with this. And I think we'll get some more insight into her character. I just need some of the rough edges taken off for that character to be a bit more believable. Sure. Sure. Um, I, the the real standout for me was Kate Box in this. I thought she was yeah. brilliant, and she's she's um, she's the sort of you know unifying character that that pulls it all together. Her yeah. different relationships with people in the town. Yeah, um, you talked about lots of lesbians in this little sort of Tassie backwater, which, by the way, has the biggest police force I've, I've ever <laughs> seen for, for anything outside maybe a capital city. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of coppers working this beat. But I think there's 17 major roles for women in this, which is great to see, you know. So it's 
it's it's really good. There's um there's three different directors. Um, ben Chessel does two of the I think there's six uh, there's eight episodes, isn't there? He does four of the eight episodes. Yeah, and I think Beck Cole and Gracie Otto uh, do two each. Tom Ballard crops up as was one of the um, police police in this. Um, I thought he was good, Officer Alderman. Doesn't yeah. get a lot to do, but he sort of you know hangs around in the background, has a few funny sort of um, scenes, and I, I, he was good value. Yeah, there for comic relief. And Pamela Rabe, Kate Box's yeah. co-star from Wentworth, is in there, the fearsome Joan Ferguson. Also Chris McQuaid, because Chris McQuaid from Rosehaven actually is based in Tasmania, so she gets a special pass to be in every Tasmanian TV series they make now, which is great because I love Chris McQuaid. But I agree with you, Kate Box really anchors this. You mentioned the sort of shows that come out of Tassie. There was, I think The Gloaming was was yeah recent and did that have a couple of scenes of the night lanterns i've got a feeling it was a similar similar scenes for a sort of a festival of in the night with sort of lanterns that were floating around oh you mean like this kind of winter festival that they do which is kind of based on you know i think the real life mona winter festival they have down there just i don't remember that in the in the gloaming but there was that other one that SBS made um the Goldfields one wasn't it yeah, well not the Goldfields one the one that I think um that uh actress in it was in before then it was a sort of a short one Mabel Lee was I think it was her first TV series yeah here we go so Mabel Lee was in New Gold Mountain yeah well that was the Goldfields New Gold Mountain but I don't think that was set in Tasmania that was oh, set- no no it wasn't it was in like Victorian golf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I thought she was in this sort of small SBS drama, this this one that they made where I think the episodes were maybe only five minutes long. The tailings. That was it. Oh, okay. not the gloaming, the tailings. We talked about that. That was uh, another six-part series that they made down there in Tasmania. And you, you have that kind of, you know, if you want to do a mystery series in Tasmania, it's easy because you have that kind of <laughs> dark winter sky, you know, the and the coldness of it that really works for this sort of uh, drama. Yeah, there's a few things to come too, I think. Oh, there's the Kettering incident, which was a few years ago. Yes. Of course, Rosehaven, which was also Kevin White, guest work television, one of the production partners in this. Yeah. That's, that's long been set down in Tassie. I think um, Bay of Fires, the Marta Dusseldorp, um, I think she's in it and maybe a producer. I think that that's coming. A Bruni, which is a a, a political thriller. And Dear Ghosts, a comedy drama. Wow, so much. I know. There's plenty to come out of Tasmania. And hopefully they all star Chris McQuaid. (laughs) (laughs) The ageless Chris McQuaid. Yeah. Um, Yeah, she's she's played a lot of uh, roles in the time, but, yeah, she's still good. So, yeah, so I'm in for it, Deadlock, I think. Yeah, me too. But but I can see people would get get worried in that, that first episode and go, oh, I'm not sure who this is meant for as yeah. for me, you know, but I think stick with it and um, just see where it takes you. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm definitely sticking with it for a while. This one, this Deadlock is a TV show that we'll watch the next episodes as they drop week by week on Prime Video and then we'll circle back to it. Yeah. 
when we know who the killer is. <laughs> yeah, and they've been making some big investments in um, Australian content uh, prime, and it's it's one of the reasons. I mean, our, in my ranking of Australian um, streaming services, it's up there at number two, even though the price did go up recently to about 10 bucks a month. Yeah, it really jumped. For $80 annually, which to me is reasonable value given the other benefits. Yeah. And I, in my sort of home budget, <laughs> I write this off and say, look, I'm going to make sure I get savings through Amazon, buying certain things from Amazon, and that'll sort of pay for this Prime subscription. So in my mind, I'm sort of getting it for free, if you like. Yeah. Okay, let's something very completely different. This is on Stan, eight episodes. It's called Nacho. Yeah, this is a Spanish miniseries. I've sort of been looking out for this because – Netflix have been screening it and, and I've been seeing certain screenshots on certain websites that I go to <laughs> saying, wow, I've been going, where is this show? And then I discovered, uh, thanks to uh, one of our friends, that it's actually quietly been released on Stan. And this show is rated R and by goodness, it lives up to that rating because Nacho is about a real life Spanish porn star called Nacho Vidal. And this is a series looking at his life from uh, his uh, where he was born, his family, uh, what uh, kind of created him to his uh, uh, arrival and starting to work uh, in the sex scene of Barcelona. He starts off doing um, live sex shows, and, of course, it's going to go into the porn industry. So lots of sex, lots of drugs. And my goodness, James, that shot – that finishes episode one um, because all through this episode, there's lots and lots of references made to the fact that he has a massive appendage yeah. and it's all building to that moment where he gets up on stage and drops his pants and everyone in the crowd asks. And I'm, I've been reading that it is actually a stunt penis and that it actually belongs to the real Nacho Vidal, not the actor. Well, it's not really a stunt penis then, is it? It's well, it's not a stunt penis, but it's not the actor's penis. He actually, <laughs> no. the, 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 it's the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, yeah, Martino Rivas is very good in the title role, um, doing everything, as you say, <laughs> except um, except one part of his body yeah. um, not being displayed uh, graphically. Yeah, look, it, you're right. It's, it's definitely a wild ride. Again, this is something that, uh, I, you know, look, I enjoy watching a bit of wild sex on TV for, for sure, but there was, it didn't have a lot to offer, I felt, in that first episode. Yeah. Um, there was a few little cutaways with him with his mum and his family. There's an interesting scene in the second, I think it's at the end of the first season, there's a the juxtaposition of her in church and him sort of on stage performing. Um, yeah. During that second episode, she turns up to yes. one of his performances to, to find out what's going on. That's sort of interesting. But, yeah, just the, you, you do. You realise there's, you know, there's a little bit more to this than just, I mean, I don't need to see lots and lots of drug taking, you know. I, yeah. It just gets really tiresome. Um, I'm reluctant to say it, but even too much sex maybe <laughs> can get tiresome too, you know, but it's. But it's sort of nice to see people doing it without sort of being too worried about the, you know, the inhibitions and all that. So I, I get that. That's enjoyable. And look, I also did a little bit of reading on this. Do you know that 
He, the real-life uh, Nacho Vidal, was recently charged with involuntary manslaughter. Yes, I did see that. Somewhere along the line, I was Wikipediaing that, and I was yeah. thinking, gee, I wonder if this is going to be in the miniseries. But for me, one of the key things that's going to keep me watching is because Spanish miniseries like this, there's a boldness to them, an absolute, we're not, it's shameless. They just show it all. There's no inhibitions. It reminded me very much of The Nino, which you can still watch on iView and is one of my favourite ever, ever TV dramas. So, yeah, I'm in for the long run with Nacho, and you can watch that now on stand, but beware of that rating. It certainly lives up to an R rating there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That, that uh, you know, that sort of take no prisoners thing. Look, we're yeah. going to tell this story. If you don't like it, don't watch it, you know. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's not let's not try and worry about oh, will we offend that person or that's this right person, so we'll have to modify the script or, you know, be careful with the visuals. No, look, this is the tale and we're just gonna tell it. So yeah, very interesting. Eight episodes on Stan, that's Nacho. Look, the I've I've got to say, look, I'm a bit torn about my show of the week, but by the end of this review, I might have worked it out. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about the hunt for Raoul Moat, which yeah, is, right, um, which is involves a, a true story, which was Britain's biggest manhunt back in 2010. This is a three episodes, three parter, and it's on BritBox. And I've got to say, gee whiz, I love this a lot. I've only been able to preview two of the three episodes, and I'm really hanging out to watch that final instalment. I'm totally hanging out for the third one. I found this one really disturbing because this is yeah. about a guy, uh, a horrible, horrible man who, you know, is in jail for uh, domestic violence. He gets out and uh, he kills uh, somebody and then he goes on this rampage against the police. And the really disturbing thing about this is that on social media, there's a whole bunch of people who are going, yeah, yeah, get the police, you know, and they're on his side. And, I mean, he is a horrendously violent, toxic man, and yet there's this sort of groundswell of support for him. And, you know, the scene that really stood out for me is when one of the detectives in the case goes off to the pub to have a quiet beer and he can hear them all in the public bar singing this ditty about killing the police and how Raoul Mort is a hero and he just puts his beer down and walks out of the pub in disgust. I mean, that's the really interesting part of this story that, you know, you just need, uh, you know, that, that something like this can turn and suddenly a whole bunch of the public are on the side of the criminal uh, who's going around killing police. Really disturbing. Yeah, and it's a problem that's still haunting us today. I mean, because this was only 2010. It's not as if it was 40, 50, 60 years ago. This is quite current. And um, the series does such a brilliant job of of portraying the horror that this guy can sort of unleash on the yeah. community and the and the fear that people get when they've, they've got to, you know, go anywhere near him. And the, as they try and extricate that they're sort of themselves out of his life. You know what I would have appreciated in this series? Uh, I, I felt like I needed to get a little bit more exposition about this town where it happened and the police force there. 
To me, it could have just been a scene between one of the journalists who could say, well, of course, the police deserve this in a way because of that incident, blah, blah, blah. To me, I just needed a little bit more background as to why everybody in the town was so easily led down this path to be on the side of the criminal rather than the police who were trying to to catch him. Um, you know, so that that was lacking for me. But look, nevertheless, it's done so simply and so starkly. There's no special effects. There's no need for anyone. There's no, no need for a big name actor. It's just this is what happened. And just these police who are determined to uh, fix this case and this guy that is just leading them on this merry chase um, with his supporters behind him. Yeah, look, the simplicity of the storytelling is the thing that was key for me in this. It's just uh, it's a sort of dramatises what happened. Uh, the days are time-stamped. Um, to, to let you know where they are in the sort of timeline because uh, we see him, Raoul is in prison when we first see him, as you say, for, for domestic violence. He's, he gets out. He's quite paranoid. He's very jealous yeah. about his uh, ex-wife. I think they were married or or partner anyway. They've got a child. I think yeah. he's actually in prison for violence against the child as well as- Against another one of his children. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was it not? not yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, she tries to break up with him before he gets out to to let him know. Look, don't come near me. She probably makes the mistake of telling him that she's actually dating someone in the police force. Which yeah, is, that's what that, sort of that triggers him even more. Yeah. But, but I mean, the, so the series sort of examines the failings. In, in the prison system, in if away, and if you like, because it's you know rehabilitation is just not not something that it's going to happen for someone like him. Yeah, um, figure we're not really spoiling it because it's a real life thing. But there's a the system falls down when the somebody in the prison system wants to warn the police. Look, this guy could be dangerous. You need to watch him. There's a real failing there about communicating that, which doesn't help um, yeah. what happens after he gets out. And, um, yeah, the, the performances too are just are just brilliant. Um, a guy called Matt Stoko, I, I don't know his work much, but he plays Rao. He's really good at just portraying this ooh, evil, you know, evil. Evil. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lee Ingleby is police inspector Neil Adamson. He's just brilliant, I thought. Is again an understated role. So understated. Yeah, just playing this copper, trying to go about his job, you know, doing all the process that you'd go through, just trying to get him not to overlook anything, particularly after they've already missed something at the very start of this case that yeah. they should have nailed. Um, Lee was in uh, Serpent Queen. He had a role, but he's the co-star of Inspector George Gently. Oh, is he? Yeah, where he plays another copper. You know. <laughs> 25 episodes. I think it's one of those British um, police series where they only make two or three new episodes a year or maybe a little bit more, but it's it's been going over a long period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a journalist uh, character called Diane Barnwell, played by Sonia Cassidy. She was She's great in this too. She was in The Man Who Fell to Earth, another series I'd forgotten all about. Wow, yeah, we never kept kept up on that one. No, we didn't. We didn't. But I think a special shout out to um Sally 
uh, Massim, who was also in After Sun, who plays the ex-girlfriend, Samantha. She's really good in this. She's really good in this. Yeah. Um, the recovery she has to go through after sort of um, sort of her brushes with him early in the um, in the three episodes. Um, so that's on BritBox. It's, look, BritBox is going to be a, a bit of an ask for a lot of people, $9 a month, $90 annually. But if they could crop up something like this, you know, every six, eight weeks or something, that would be enough for me to keep my subscription rolling over. I mean, some of these shows will turn up, I think, in another window, perhaps on the ABC, but yeah. you don't have to wait at least a year and not all of them will. Yeah, I mean, I've got some friends who love BritBox because they love their British TV, but, you know, a lot of their content is available on Freeway TV and all of that stuff. But, yeah, if you love your British dramas like you and I do, then I think it's worth it. But, geez, I'm keen to see how this all gets wrapped up. If there's only three episodes and we've watched the first two, I can't wait to see how it ends. Sure, sure. Okay, so that's Hunt for Raoul Moat. It's on BritBox and we uh, recommend it. I think they still give you a free trial period. So if you want to jump on and um, get all these, um, it's, it'd be well worth it, I think. Look, that segue there to other things that I've I've just I finally caught up with the final episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, the last ever episode. Yeah. It's a, it was such a big week for finales, James. I mean, we did James, we did that extra special episode on Succession, but you know, it was a finale in the same week as the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Barry and Ted Lasso. So, you know, it was uh, obviously all of the attention was on Succession. And I watched that last episode of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it was it was kind of quite a bittersweet ending, but kind of realistic. And I thought this last season was really strong. What a great TV series, and one to definitely re-watch one of these times when we've got nothing else to do. Just a great series. Yeah, we talked a little bit about she, you know, she gets to work on a on an American late night chat show. Yeah, that's featured a lot in that last episode, and it's a it's a really good episode to watch that one. Um, and I also caught up with the final episode of Citadel. I managed to power through those, and it was quite enjoyable. I've got to say though, I got a little bit confused the the flashbacks and the flash forwards in this. It's just whoa. Is this the spy series on Amazon Prime? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, you know, so well done, so much money spent on the special effects. I mean, you look at the credits, if you um, and there's just so many pages of the of the stunt people and the special effects, which confirms how detailed all the work was done. But uh, yeah, yeah, and they promote one of the spin-offs at the end of that final episode. Oh, here we go. Yep, they're starting their own universe. Yep. So there's certainly more to come on that one. We have a listener email this we week. We do. We do this one is from Julie Souter, and she writes to TV Gold, I just wanted to say thanks for the Butkus recommendation. I'm no fan of Pete Davidson and would never have watched it. However, after your review, I went in there and was not disappointed. She finishes, I cried laughing. So oh. thanks for reaching out to us, Julie. What a great email. Yeah, that is, and Butkus is a great show. I'm so, people, so glad that people are discovering it because I'm with Julie. I would never have watched a Pete Davidson show <laughs> based on Pete Davidson. I had no idea the depths of uh, his writing and his talents. For sure, yeah, me too. Look, remember, you can get us at comments 
at tvgold.au. That's our email address, comments at tvgold.au. Also shoot us an email about your favourite um, Logan Roy child from Succession. You'll go into the running for uh, the three books for the first three seasons screenplays with um, introductions by uh, Jesse Armstrong as well, which I quoted from a little bit at the start of our Succession bonus episode, but he gives you some great insights into how we got the show up and what it was like to make it. Second last thing I wanted to cover off, next week there's a, some big shows still to come. Big shows. Going to be looking at The Idol, which yeah. is, if you like HBO's replacement for Succession, I think it goes into that primetime US Sunday night time slot, yeah. which which we'll get live here on Mondays at 1 p.m. Just premiered at Cannes, hugely controversial from the creator of Euphoria, which was the hugely controversial high school drama starring Zendaya. So, yeah, I'm fascinated to see what all the fuss is about with The Idol. Starring Lily Rose Depp, so a lot of people would be interested to see her on the screen. And yeah. There were no previews available before it goes to air, which is uh, interesting. So they're really keeping that suspense and trying to heighten that uh, anticipation. Also next week, the year of – oh, no, it's just year of, sorry. Year of, yeah. Dan, which is a spin-off from their successful Bump. We can't I wait. think ran to three seasons of Bump. Yeah, three seasons, and I think they're making another one, but they've uh, managed to extract another story from the school uh, – that bump starts at it's in season one. So, yeah, really exciting. I can't wait to watch that over the weekend. I'll watch it as much of it as I can because I loved Bump. And also Funny Woman. We'll have a little look at that. Andrew, one more thing to close with. I'm guessing you might talk about Deadlock in your column. This yes, week. absolutely. I'll talk about Deadlock. I want to talk about the big action week of home and away that's uh, unfolding now and why there's a touch of deja vu to it um but the show of the week it's really hard for me to decide between nacho and deadlock because i do love my sexy spanish series but i think i've got to go with the australian show deadlock kate boxer is so magnificent in it uh i'm really really hoping that it goes somewhere good so deadlock's my show of the week yeah, the tie for me was between Deadlock and Hunt for Raoul Moat. Again, I'll put my hand up for Go Aussie, the um, Australian drama. Yeah, I think it'll grow on me. I'll enjoy it even more. And, yeah, it's look, Kate Box alone for her performance. She really carries this show. Among, and, look, there's some good cast along there with her, but it's, it's really powerful performance. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she gets up to in the, the remaining episodes. Yeah. Andrew, thank you for that. We'll uh, speak to you again next week. Don't forget, look, subscribe to the TV Gold podcast. Send us a note, comments at tvgold.au as well, and we'll be back next week. No worries, James. Have a great week. 